getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Today, Carl and Nick preview the Broncos preseason week two matchup as the team travels west to Santa Clara for joint practices and the week two preseason matchup versus the San Francisco 49ers. You are listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dummler, and with me as always, we have Nick Kendall. This show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos, with an extra focus on the NFL draft. Nick and I will continue to talk general Broncos news, but always have a focus towards team building. We still stand by our statement, though, that building teams in the offseason and playing armchair GM is just as fun as the actual games on Sunday. Also, in discussion with Chad and Will, we have decided we will be taking on the preview episodes this season, whereas Chad and Will will be doing the reviewing the pre- of the previous game. Nick thought this would be a good idea, as he and I are both more scout-based rather than storyline-based and can give you listeners a more in-depth breakdown of the Broncos' upcoming opponent, while also discussing key matchups and performers for the Broncos in the upcoming matchup. Follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle MHH, and of course, tweet us as much as you like. And follow the podcast account at HuddleUpPod. You can also find ours and our co-writers' content at MileHighHuddle.com and an affiliate of Scout Media and the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as football and Bronco crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes, as well as iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, and Spreaker. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners, so please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Now, before we get to the show, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio book download and 30-day free trial with www.audibletrial.com forward slash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash huddle up. Now, reasons to, to, to look into this, one really popped up this last week for me was my wife and kid took a very long trip to go see her family. And they live in the, uh, <laughs> I might upset some Nebraska people, the wastelands of Nebraska. And uh, I'm just kidding. Love my family. Love Nebraska. Go Hawks. <laughs> Continue. But she had a very long trip, and so right before the trip, she says, hey, do you think you could download an Audible book for me? And five seconds later, I had an Audible book for her. So, you know, and that made her trip so much better, gave us some th- things to talk about when she got back from her trip of how much she enjoyed the book. And so, Bronco fans or anybody else listening to this, I highly recommend Audible. Go give them a listen. You can get one free book. There's no real commitment Try it for one month, 
see what you like, see what you don't like, whatever it may be. But make sure to put the huddle up on there, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, Carl, Audible is a great app, and it has plenty of football stuff on it. It has Bill Belichick's father's book, the big book of football scouting. So I know we all are not big fans of the evil hoodie and the evil empire over there in New England. But, you know, if you want to get an in-depth look and building a roster and just the smarts of building a franchise, no better book out there. So once again, www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. So, all right, well, we will be taking over the preview episode. Last week, Chad, Carl, and myself did it, but Chad and Will will be taking over more of the instant breakdown episode, whereas Carl and I will do more of the preparations that give you some scattering reports of opponents we want to see, important matchups, and Broncos that need to step forward. So with preseason, we're going to be looking more for the Broncos themselves rather than the 49ers, you know, guys that need to step up important position battles uh, and just key matchups if the Broncos are going to succeed against the 49ers or the, or any upcoming opponent. But want to start off this week with the position battles slash roster bubbles with the wide receiver three, four, five, and six. So essentially everybody behind Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, we do not know, you know, the order, how they're going to shake out, who's going to make the team. So uh, recently, Carlos Henderson had thumb surgery uh, just this past week, and maybe that's part of the reason he stunk so much in the game against the Bears with the the muff punts, the muff kickoffs. Pardon me. Uh, he did have one good kickoff, but you know he was struggling tremendously in that game, which is unfortunate to see. But he's going to be out for a little bit with a thumb surgery and was uh, listed as week to week. Cody Latimer, impressive. Uh, Benny Fowler, kind of a no show, and McKenzie. He had the big touchdown, but other than that, you didn't see so much of him. So, Carl, what are you looking for this week from the wide receivers, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all those guys but after the big two? <laughs> yeah, it's it's looking for these guys to be consistent. You know, really, Cody Latimer was the only one last week, and 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 that's hard to do in preseason. You know, Latimer, he was able to do it because he got a lot of short passes thrown his direction, where you know, just watching Cody Latimer uh, individually, he had a lot of times where he was lined up with McKenzie and they had McKenzie kind of do the, the clear out route to kind of take guys with him to open things up for, for Latimer. And so it's kind of hard to, to really read too much into one guy over the other when it comes to preseason. Cause you know, there's just certain routes that favor one receiver over another, but it's, it's still an individual. I mean, that, that's how you do preseason. You kind of break it down individually. You don't look at them as a collective. You try to look at them as individuals of, did they win their battle? And, you know, last week, I don't think, I don't think Benny Fowler did that. You know, that's, that's one thing I think we're going to, we're going to talk about here quite a bit because that's the, that's the real matchup to me is, is Fowler versus Latimer for that wide receiver three position, you know, receivers four five and six don't see the field a whole lot, you know, yeah, you hope not. And, and really even, even when you go to, you know, the, those big packages where you really try to spread them out. A lot of times you still have a tight end in on the, in the game, you know, and then you have a running back in the backfield and so you have three wide, one tight end, one running back. And so, yeah, even there, it's still the top three guys are the ones that you're looking for. And the Broncos, that's, that's been a huge concern. They haven't had a third wide receiver since Welker. And, yeah, Welker. and even Welker's last year was not great. You know, because he had <laughs> he had the uh, Star Wars helmet, or yes. uh, what's what's the movie Spaceballs? Spaceballs. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that's what it looked like to me. And uh, so even that year, it was tough to see him. So really, since 2013, we haven't had that 
third wide receiver that can really step into the role. And so one of these guys, Broncos need him to step up big time. And uh, yeah, there's some, some names here that are very intriguing. Like I said, Cody Latimer, probably the most impressive this last year or this last week. Benny Fowler was kind of a no-show. McKenzie had the the one big kit catch, but he just wasn't really given much of an opportunity beyond that. Khalif Raymond. Yeah, and, there's a name. He's uh, that, out of nowhere. I'm glad we talked about him for a second on the, the roster breakdown one. I'm like, we should probably talk about Khalif Raymond. He's not gonna make the team. <laughs> but you know, because they drafted McKenzie and they double dipped in those smaller, twitchy wide receivers in McKenzie and Carlos Henderson. So how is Khalif Raymond gonna make the team? Well, nothing shuts my big mouth up quicker than play on the field. So yeah, that's off well, to you, Raymond. You're fighting for a spot. But he right. did well. And he had he had the two things that he needed to have happen, not only for him to play great, but also for an injury. And yeah. Henderson going down gives him that opportunity to step in and and show that that he deserves a roster spot. And he definitely did that. He like you said, he provided a huge spark. You know, the the Broncos talking about juice. Well, maybe they already had the juice on the team. They just didn't know how to use it. And uh, he, he that, that was special teams, though. You know, we need to see him on the field as a wide receiver because, again, that, that's what you need. You, you have some special teams, guys, but do we have that third wide receiver? And then, of course, Jordan Taylor. <sighs> he made a couple catches, but he also made some bad decisions. He didn't really, you know, when they absolutely needed him to pick up that extra yard, he kind of stepped back and tried to make too big of a play. And, you know, he had a guy right there. I mean, that wasn't completely all on him, but it's still you want to see see a guy make a guy miss. That's kind of the, the rule in the NFL is get the ball in your hands, make one guy miss. That That's what you need to see, especially like running backs, you know, hit the hole, make one guy miss. You know, we'll block everybody else, but you got to make one guy miss. And he didn't he wasn't able to do that this last game. He's done it before. He did last preseason. I remember a big play where. Paxton Lynch hit him on pretty much like a screen pass, and he took it to the took it for a big touchdown against the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah he also that was... had that big play against the Saints, where he broke like three or four tackles. Remember? Oh, that's right. That's the right. Uh, mic'd up. I think they had DT mic'd up, and they said, "Watch this, watch this," because they had a play designed for Taylor, and he broke like two or three tackles because he's a big he's a big dude. Yeah, but gosh, he's, made he's me pull my hair quickness. out. Sorry. Yeah, he's got better quickness than you would think for a guy his size. So um, maybe, but he, like I said, he's got a lot to prove too. You know, they uh, that the six wide receiver spot could get huge here between yeah. Raymond and Taylor. Uh, you know, I, I think Brown's kind of out of it right now. Barring something big happening. Right. I know we, we say that and then we said that about Raymond and now he's right there in the hunt. So, you know, Brown, maybe we just helped you out by mentioning your name on the show, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, it's an interesting group. I, I, there's more excitement. There's more hope with this group than in years past, I would say, but there's also a lot of unproven talent, you know, Cody Latimer, how many times have we gotten into preseason and training camp and heard, you know, Cody Latimer is destroying the defense. He's making these circus ca- catches left and right, you know, all these kind of things. And then we get to the season and it's like, where's Cody Latimer? You know, we, we heard how great he was doing and then he doesn't even get on the field. And, you know, the biggest part for him is, you know, coaches and quarterbacks just don't t- trust him. He hasn't proven that he can run the right routes at the right time. He hasn't proven that he can read a defense and especially, you know, the NFL, it's, it's a lot about option routes for wide receivers. You know, you can call a play in the huddle, but once you get up there, it's still about reading the defense. And it's not just for the quarterback. It's for the wide receivers, too. 
And uh, so far, yeah, he hasn't proven that in his career. So it, what's different about this year? You know, uh, we, we've heard some some rumblings that the Broncos were really hoping that some of these other wide receivers would step up so that the Broncos wouldn't have to worry about Cody Latimer, that they could let him go and feel comfortable with it. Well, other guys haven't really stepped up to take him out. And so it's kind of at that point of just really hoping that something finally clicked for Cody Latimer in year four. One can hope, and I don't want to be one that, you know, is too optimistic with a preseason game, but this this last week was the best I've ever seen him. I'm not even, I've never gone to one of the practices or anything, so I can't talk about how he's dominating practice or anything in that regard or training camp. But in terms of live action, he was making catches that you don't see, you know, Demarius Thomas make. They were tough. He was getting hit. He was going up and the ball was not moving when it hit his hands. So I was, I was very impressed. You've been working on a piece on this, haven't you, Carl? Yeah, I did. And that's exactly right. You know, Latimer, I, I think I messaged you right after I got done with the the article because I just, I was so impressed by him. He not only was the tough catches, but he was, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. When, when I'm watching wide receivers, there are a few things that I'm looking for. And I think I've talked about this before a little bit of that foot speed, you know, that ability to make quick cut cuts to be able to get themselves open because, you know, the long speed as a wide receiver, it's good, but it's not end all be all, you know, you, that, that's one route of going deep, yeah. you know, and teams can kind of shut that down once they figure it out that's all you can do. So guys have to learn how to get open with their, with their, their foot quickness, you know, their ability to make cuts and DT is a great example of that, of a guy who worked really hard at his route running to be able to get himself open. You know, Peyton Manning made him do that. And he, he's the type of receiver he is today because of Peyton Manning and his work with Peyton Manning. And I mean, he was an athletic freak before that, but so was Cody Latimer. You know, he's not, he's not quite as fast, but he's got greater leaping ability. He's got greater hands than what DT does. I'm, I'm just, I mean, that's what I saw when I saw him coming out of college, but yeah, the route running was never great. He ran about three or four routes in college. There's a lot of these guys. That's all they run is three or four routes. And I haven't seen Cody Latimer be able to do much more than that. And so this game, what I saw, not only great hands when he was in traffic, where most guys, when they have guys barreling down on them, they want to let the ball get to their body. One that delays how quickly the ball gets to you. I mean, I know it's just that hair of a second, but in the NFL, when things are just inches, you know, one way or the other, and, and especially when it hits your body, it wants to bounce off your body where hands, you can really clamp down and, and every one of his catches, I saw him clamp down with his hands. I mean, he just is such a natural hand catcher. It's, it's impressive. So it helps him to really make those tough catches in traffic and, and not drop those, those ones that you absolutely need to make. Second thing I saw was that he had just this tremendous foot quickness to really press up the field. They, he didn't really run a lot of deep routes in this one. Most of his routes Nobody were... Did. Nobody really did. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And for him, especially, he ran a lot of in routes, a lot of slant routes. And, and those are two plays, especially from the slot position, that he would run a lot. You know, th- those are two key plays that, that you require of that kind of wide receiver. And, and he did. He would press with where he would take three or four steps forward, and you'd see the cornerback just bailing straight backwards. And would catch, catch him a lot of times really flat-footed. And all of a sudden, he'd cut back in, and right there would be the football. Both Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch both were able to have great timing with him. You know, that was nice to see where right when he was coming out of his break, they're both winding up their their arms to throw to him. And, 
and just hit him. I mean, there's a lot of defenders in the area. I mean, that's the hard part is there wasn't many opportunities for yards after the catch on these type of plays. And unfortunately, they kept running it so much, the defense just keyed it in on them. You know, there's a, a third and eight play that they tried to run the exact same play for like the fourth time in a row when they were passing. And uh, the, the, the quarterback just came up and just hit Cody Latimer right away. You know, and there's a linebacker that was right there as well. So, yeah, like I said, but it, it was good to see him really press forward and, and force that cornerback to, to respect his speed, to respect his ability to go deep and then be able to make that quick cut in. You know, he didn't have a lot of wasted steps. He, he wasn't perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say he has become this elite route runner, but he's better. I mean, it is night and day compared to his rookie year where he'd almost have to come to like a complete stop to be able to try to make a, a cut to the middle of the field. You know, he'd be taking, you know, two or three extra steps where now it's, you know, three steps forward, all of a sudden one step to the side and he's gone. And that's, that's a huge difference. And, and that's promising. You know, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for some promising things that maybe they're a little bit different. And Cody Latimer, for me, he has shown that. Yeah, absolutely. I was very impressed with him and with how much hype we got for about uh, Benny Fowler, you know, from DT and the coaches. Like Benny Fowler is the obvious wide receiver three. I can only really go off of the film and he was a no-show compared to Cody Latimer. Granted, you know, the sample size is very small, but <laughs> that's that's what I have to go off of. And Latimer right now, I, I would have to say, is winning the wide receiver three. Uh, Jordan Taylor, you mentioned him a little bit. Uh, the thing that made me want to pull my hair out is that he had, I can't remember if it was a third down or a second down, but he had the first down. All he had to do was stretch out for it. But instead he kind of backtracked and tried to like make too much out of it instead of just getting the first down. And he fell short. And I believe it was the, it turned out to be a fourth and one after that. And we got stuffed. It wasn't the Jawan Thompson one. It was the, the one earlier. And that just, you just can't have that. So, you know, if you're a big guy fall forward to get the, get the first down, you know, the big plays are good, but if you're not getting first downs, that that's the main goal. So overall, sorry, go ahead. And and this offense, that's something always to keep in mind with these players is we're not going to be a top five offense this year, barring some kind of miracle active God kind of thing. The Broncos offense at best is going to have to hope for about average above average. Oh my gosh. Is that John Elway coming down from the, the press box <laughs> yeah. is he getting his jersey oh. then we might be okay uh I, i've seen him throw it at practice man he still has a cannon for an arm he's got that uh, dad bod now too oh, but he, yeah he does and he's got a limp <laughs> yeah, that's for sure but anyway he pocket qb yeah and with this type of offense every first down counts you know and, and also for the defense too if you're keeping them off the field for at least another three plays probably another minute less of of playing time of actual game time. And and that's huge in these type of games that are, are you know, usually for the Broncos this year, it's probably going to be a lot of close games, both ways of winning and losing. You know, their defense is going to keep them in every single game. And so, yeah, you got to go pick up that first down. You can't worry about trying to turn a, an eight-yard pass into a 40-yard game. Make it a 10-yard game. You know, go get that first down. Stop dancing around. Stop letting them come and make a play on you. And yeah, that, that's just not a good look. You know, that's not a understanding the situation that you yep. find yourself in. Lack of situational awareness and what yeah. you are as a player. You're not Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry, I mean, you talked about it does have a little bit of wiggle for a big guy, but he was at the first down marker. Fall forward and get the first down. Right. So right. I think right now, if I had to pick, 
It depends on obviously with Henderson's injury, but Raymond's right back in the hunt. I mean, he played well. He had a big catch, I believe, the other day in practice. From what I heard, he made like jaw-dropping down the sideline catch for like a 36-yard pass from Trevor Simeon, which he had two defenders wrapped all over him, and everybody was pretty in awe from it. And he had a big game in the preseason, so he's, he's right back in the hunt. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. I'm not sure if Taylor's going to make this team. Latimer, Benny Fowler, I think they're pretty much – I think I can't imagine them not making the team. I mean, granted, you could have an injury or something, but right now if, if Henderson starts out the year injured or maybe even on the pup, I don't know. Raymond and Taylor, but, you know, there's only six spots, maybe only five, but six spots, I'd guess. And those guys might not make it. So we'll see what happens. Vance Joseph the other day actually announced that they're planning on keeping six wide receivers. Yep. So So that's kind of the number you're looking for. And, and yeah, I agree with you. I think I I'm guessing just from, I've, I've read up a little bit on, you know, that tendon tear in the thumb. And of course all injuries depend on severity. You know, and a lot of times they don't know the complete severity until they actually get in there and start the surgery. So I haven't heard on the exact severity of how it's going to be, but usually they say it's a six week or more recovery. So right now you're looking at a missing probably the first month of the season at, at the earliest, unfortunately. And at that point you should just put him at pup. Well, I, I don't think since he, played, big, didn't, yeah. since he played in training camp, he can't go on pup. I think oh, it okay. can only go on um, IR to return. Oh, okay. Okay. Now they can have two players come back. Now they, they changed that rule. It's two players instead of one. So they can, they can save one of those for him, but that would mean that he'd be out for the first eight weeks of the season. So that, that's kind of, to me, I think that's what you're looking at with him. I, I think he got to. It, it's just, it's going to be tough for him to come back and what kind of impact can he really make? And also, you know, he, like he was getting a little bit better as training camp went on. I mean, we heard he was starting to make some plays and wasn't dropping as many passes and stuff like that, but how much can you really count on him? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's kind of the problem where Khalif Raymond, he's starting to show you can really count on him to go out there and make a play for you. And he's shown a little bit more burst, I, I think, than last year. And so, yeah, I, right now I'd be okay with keeping Khalif Raymond, having him be your kick returner, have him go be out, you know, maybe be a have a couple packages for him and McKenzie to, to make go, go make some plays, you know, on the offense. Otherwise, count on Betty Fowler, Cody Latimer, DT and, and Sanders to be your, your four guys that are really on the field for, for the offense. Yes. Agreed completely. And I don't expect the wide receivers to have much of a challenge this week uh, with the 49ers secondary. They do have a good young cornerback in Rashad Robinson, who was kicked off LSU, but I think he was drafted in the fourth round last year. I was a big fan of him just because I like the bigger athletic corners and uh, he's their cornerback one right now. They also have Dante Johnson, not really much to write about, and a rookie from Colorado, Akilah Witherspoon. So going to see a Colorado son there uh, battling the second team. So hopefully they'll run it at him because he is not a physical guy. He does not like to tackle. And the secondary, they do – I mean, in the safety unit, unit, they do have some good young safeties. They got Jimmy Ward, who is a former first-round pick, and Eric Reed, who is a former first-round pick as well. Neither of them really lived up to that stock. That was, a, I'd say, a couple misses there by uh, Trent Balicki. But – Overall, not the best secondary. So our secondary 
should have our our wide receivers should have their way with the secondary this week. It just probably mostly depends on the quarterback getting them the ball. Right, right. So now I want to move on to the next part was uh, edge rusher depth. So, you know, with Shane Ray out, Shaq Barrett and Von Miller going to rest again. Uh, I believe he's resting again. Is that correct? I have not heard one way or the other, but I think they, the way that they described it is because of the other two injuries, they are a little bit nervous about putting Von Miller out there for snaps that he doesn't really need. So my guess would be that he wouldn't play right now. All I've heard is that Jamal Charles is not playing and Matt Paradis is not playing. Yeah. So I, I, I can't imagine that he'll be in there. Maybe he'll play like Derek Wolf where they played the first series and got him the heck out of there. Cause there's, he doesn't have anything to prove. He knows what he's doing. It's not like there, there's that much that has changed schematically. So maybe get in there for a second to get some reps with uh, Gatsis and Kerr and the other guys, but overall doesn't need to play there a long time. But what I'm mostly looking forward to is uh, Edibali and Dora repeating this week. Edibali and Dora had great games last week. I was pretty impressed with them, especially Edibali. He's not, you know, the most twitched up guy or the strongest or the lengthiest. You know, he doesn't have incredible tools, but overall, he played a pretty good game and he's very a strong hand fighter and he has a motor. I mean, there's plenty of times where it was second and third effort where he'd finally break that uh, block and then get after the quarterback. And when I, w- I did a film breakdown of Adam Gatsis and Gatsis and Edabalio are most consistent to second team pass rushers. So overall, I think that we do have some depth there. You know, they're not the guys above them. They're not Ray. They're not Barrett. They're not obviously not Vaughn. There's nobody like Vaughn. But overall, I think we do have some good depth there. And with the uh, 49ers, they do have a solid bookends in the tackle group. They have uh, Joe Staley, a veteran former first-round pick, and a younger guy, but been a pretty solid right tackle. Von Miller has complimented him in uh, Trent Brown. So they have, do have, you know, they're not the best team. 49ers picked, uh, they had the second overall pick last year for a reason because they, they suck. <laughs> but they do have some decent players. And I think and this is going to be a better test for edge rushers this week than what the Bears had last week. I, I will say... Both uh, both guys, Edibali and Dora, definitely impressed me more than I thought they would. But especially Dora. Yes, I I was one that he got lo- he got a lot of hype last year because he had the two sack game against the Bears. I think it was might have been three. And I went back and watched those sacks, and a lot of times it was because the other guy on the other side forced the quarterback to scramble to Dora's side, and it's pretty much like the quarterback just ran into Dora. And, and I'm kind of going, you know, I don't, it's a sack. I mean, it's great. I mean, he was right there where you need to be, but it wasn't really him like beating his guy is what I'm kind of getting at here. But this game, I actually saw him kind of beat his guy, had plenty of times where he showed off his strength of, of pushing the tackle right back into the quarterback's lap. And like I said, Edibali, he is a great hand fighter. Man, he yeah. never stops fighting with his hands. And that, that's great to see. There was a couple of times he – he lost the leverage battle, especially in the rut game, and, and kind of got blown back just a little bit. But otherwise, Edibali, yeah, great game. Dora did a great job holding up the edge. There's a couple times where he really forced the running back because he would get uh, he'd get depth in his his pass rush or his his bull rush, whatever you want to call it, and and it would force a running back to have to cut back. And and that's great to see. That's what you need to see. That's what we we were lacking so much last year. Our guys were just getting blown off the line of scrimmage in the run game. So to see our guys actually pushing the offensive lineman backwards, that's, that's always a huge plus, but it was the bears and they don't exactly have the greatest tackles. So yes, this is a, can you repeat that? That's a big thing about, you know, preseason is you you can win one game and look otherworldly. And, you know, for those who were really on the big Kyle Sloter train, 
you know, after his big performance, I went back and I looked at uh, Tim Tebow in his first preseason game. Had a really good game. I think he completed about 65 or 67% of his passes and had a touchdown run and, you know, he moved the ball. And I don't remember if people were really screaming for Tim Tebow to come in and start back then, but it just, you always have to keep that in mind of these are third string guys going against third string guys. And his one big pass was, you know, wide open wide receiver kind of thing. But like I said, it's the same thing with, you know, kind of these guys of you did great. Can you repeat it? You got better competition this week. What does it look like now? You know, if you can go out and beat Staley and and Brown, I'm going to feel a lot better about our depth moving forward. I'm going to feel a lot better that we keep both Edibali and Dora and and feel like we can make it through the first couple games without Shane Ray and and Shaq Barrett. So, yeah, both those guys, great performances. Hope they can continue it on. And and then there's one other guy that you have listed here, Walker. You know, they, they moved him to outside linebacker because of the injuries. And he was very much hit and miss in this game. You know, for, for a rookie, you have to keep that in mind. You can't expect him to be Von Miller day one. Uh, he had his plays. He, he had a few plays where he was really past his guy. He did a great job showing his ability to anticipate the snap. I think that was one of his best things in college was his ability to guess on the snap count and really attack. And he did that about two or three times. But he also showed exactly what he struggled with in, in college of getting blown off the line in the run game. And that's, I know they brought him in here to be a pass rusher. You know, that, that's something I always have to keep in mind, but you want to see him be able to, especially against those second and third units really hold up in the run game. Yeah. Especially as an edge rusher, you know, as a five technique, seven technique, three technique, when you're going up against, you know, guards, centers, double teams, especially if you're getting blown back there, I mean, I'm not going to be happy about it, but when you're the edge defender and you're getting blown back like he was against the Bears this week, that does have me concerned. I, I won't lie. Many of the big runs seemed like they were running at number 57. And I just, I don't know. I still think he's best fit as a three-tech. And I understand that, you know, with Ray and Barrett being injured, that we suddenly felt pretty thin there. And, you know, this guy was did play some seven technique at Florida State you know, maybe we can get him playing in a two-point stance at nine technique a little farther out if he loses some weight. But it just did not look as good as I'd hoped. I think his best fit in the, best fit in the long run will still be that three technique where he's going to line up over that guard and attack in that regard. So, you know, hopefully we'll see this week. He just he doesn't have that, that elite burst that I want from my stand-up edge rusher, especially in the 3-4 defense. You know, if we were playing 4-3, it'd be a different thing because you want those guys to be a little more bulky and uh, edge guarders in terms of run defense. But those three or four stand-up guys, they need to be able to get after the pass rusher. And his best pass rush, the parts where he got closest, he jumped off sides. So, you know, this is just one matchup, and hopefully he'll continue to prove he's just a rookie and he's transitioning to being a stand-up guy. So it's going to be a process no matter what. But he's somebody that I'm intrigued with, and I'm kind of, I don't want to say flabbergasted, but I'm just kind of questioning the uh, Broncos coaches with this move just because I think he'd be such a better fit in three technique. You know, the Tom Johnson comparison that you came up with was absolutely spot on. That's, that's who he looked like to me in college. And with that swim and rip move that he has so strong where he's lining up against that guard one-on-one, I think he'd be a very uh, strong player there. And with the hits that we keep taking on the defensive line, you know, Derek Wolf, Billy Wynn, Jared Crick, you know, we were thin at edge, but now we're thin at interior defensive line. So I guess either way, you're going to be not as happy as you'd like to be with the depth there. But we'll see what happens. And he's, again, you know, tougher, tougher matchups this week with the 
49ers tackles, tackles are just a little bit better than the Bears. Interior offensive line, not as good, but the tackles are better. So we'll see, and it's his second matchup, so hopefully he'll continue to improve and maybe notch his first sack. I wouldn't mind that one bit. Yeah, that's that's. it'll be interesting to watch his development. Like you said, that switch to edge is a very interesting move by the Broncos, and, and I understand why they made it, and he was always kind of that tweener anyway. Wasn't a great fit at five tech, but also wasn't a stand-up guy. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how he does. And, and maybe he does try to lose a little bit more weight as the season goes on to better fit on the edge and be able to get a little bit more burst. And Because he, he had a couple plays. He was close. He wasn't able to quite turn the corner like you'd like. Yeah. You know, he didn't have that Von Miller bend. Uh, what, what, what do you call it? The, the ankle bend or whatever? Ankle flexibility. Ankle flexibility that you got in trouble for. I didn't get in trouble, but just some <laughs> some noob doesn't know scouting was like, oh yeah, ankle flexibility. I'm talking about it, you know, because obviously turning that quarter and getting a tight angle is important for that edge rusher. It's not the end all be all, but it is important. This guy's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, come on, dude. I talk with scouts. I do this. Like this is <laughs> this is a thing. It's not the end all be all, but this is why they have drills for it. flexibility in the knee and the ankle because you got to have that edge rusher bend the corner. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, he, d- he didn't have that. And that was his problem was he, he beat his tackle a couple times. He just couldn't quite get around the corner to get to the quarterback. And He did have better was, flexibility than he ever had in college tape. Granted, yeah, that's probably no, I I think all of us were a little bit more astonished by how he did, I guess, compared to what we thought would happen. At least I was. Yeah. I, I was very shocked when all of a sudden I'm going, who was it that just came around the edge? Oh, my goodness, Walker. So I, I'll be the first to admit, you know, he, he impressed me more than I thought he would. But he still has a long ways to go. That's, that's the main thing I'm tr- where I think we're both trying to get across. He had a couple moments. He's just got to get consistent with those moments, and he's got to show a better ability to anchor and hold up in the run game. You know, th- those are his, his big things. And, and then just work on, yeah, being that outside linebacker, stand up in your stance, try to get around the corner kind of guy. If that's what they're going to have him be, you know, I, I still think once those other guys come back, they have him transition more back to inside. But right now, out of necessity, they kind of have him out there. Yeah. Moving on, though, let's uh, let's look at another position that I'm not sure. Did they even play in the game this last week? I, I uh, there was a hold by one of them, and Austin Trailer had a hold. But other than go. that, I don't think so. <laughs> the the tight end position. Oh. <sighs> I was really hoping we'd at least see one of these guys make one play. And, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's preseason. And I understand most of these guys are only getting like a quarter, quarter and a half of play. And so you have very limited snaps. You know, it's the same with quarterbacks where, you know, they attempted seven passes and nine passes between Paxson and, and Simeon. So as much as you want to read into it, you know, there, there's still some, hey, how much did we really, can we really get out of such few snaps? And so tight ends, yeah, again, how much can we really get out of them? But I watched them when I was watching uh, when I was watching Cody Latimer because a lot of times what they would do is they would line up a tight end, usually Hireman, and then they'd line up McKenzie in the slot position and then Cody Latimer on the outside. And Hireman, he had a couple times he got close to being open, but he just wasn't getting there fast enough. And then I saw a couple times where he had an in route where it was pretty much like he just kind of like angled across the field to his spot, you know, like there was no, Hey, let's push up the field, push the linebacker and then cut across. It was, I'm going to run at a weird kind of slanted angle to my spot. And I just about wanted to pull my hair out. (laughs) You know, it was terrible, terrible route running. 
And it was just so easy for the linebacker. Like, oh, he's cut across the field. This is an easy route to follow. And I don't know. So it was it was saddening. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see if maybe one of these guys, because we need somebody in the middle of the field to do something in the passing game. And it, it can't just be the slot receiver. It has to be able to be a tight end as well. And AJ Derby, I've heard he's had a decent camp that they've been really working on him with his blocking, especially, you know, we, which is needed. Yeah. He struggled this week. We heard that, that green might actually get traded or they're working on a trade to the bears. So that's, that's a little piece of information for all of you out there, you know, to, to be keeping an eye on it's we've heard that he's kind of been a little bit down over the last few weeks of, of just his role with the team because they've kind of been transitioning to more of a hireman and derby look and also hoping that Buck can get back here pretty soon. Buck can get his butt on the field pretty much. <laughs> but um yeah, <laughs> had to throw it in. You can't talk about him and not have a, a butt joke, you know. That's it's not you can't have it. But anyway, yes, tight ends, you know, <sighs> got to see them more this week. Got to see the team figure out some way to get them involved. Or for one of them, just got to one of them has to step up because we need one of them to to be a, a a great option more than just a run blocker, more than just a guy trying to take up some space and take up a coverage guy. And so far, that just hasn't been the case. I, I don't know. I give me that's some as much hope. on the quarterbacks, though. Yeah, it is. That's that's part of it. Is it's it's an entire thing. You know, you're like wide receiver and tight end. They're both dependent positions. So if you have quarterbacks that aren't targeting at anybody over the middle because they don't feel comfortable throwing over the middle, not much you can do about that. At yeah, the same you could time, have wouldn't matter. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that that's part of it. But also they got to work to get open. Like I said, Hireman with this route running, that doesn't do anything to help your quarterback. No. And and so the got to show better. It's going to definitely be a position that I'm going to keep my eye on for this next game. It should be a position that they look at this week, and it's going to be a little tougher for them because the 49ers do have some decent cover linebackers. You know, they got Dakota Watson, who was a Bronco before. He's playing more of the offline role. Uh, Reuben Foster, who many Bronco fans were upset about that they took Garrett Bowles instead of them, instead of him, which Reuben Foster has been doing great in camp. But, you know, you got to remember he was a 229-pound linebacker with an arthritic shoulder and some questionable intelligence, so... I'm going to stick with Garrett Bowles in that regard. I'll take the tackle every time. And they got the former great linebacker. You know, we're not sure how he's going to do with coming back from all these injuries, but Navarro Bowman. So along with the two safeties, Jimmy Ward and Eric Reed, this is going to be a tougher matchup this week than what the Bears, what they had at the Bears last week because they do have some guys that can cover uh, tight ends. So I'm looking for the quarterbacks to work that middle of the field. And McCoy, I mean, he used Gates and Hunter Henry so much last year that I, I want to see something from the tight ends. I played tight end and defensive end in high school. Those are my, those are my favorite positions. So defensive line and offensive line nowadays, I like the bigger boys, <laughs> but those are, I, I want to have a tight end and they did not show it this week. So we'll see, you know, you had all the, the buzz from the higher men. It seems like every other, Every other touchdown catch was a hireman getting one in preseason and training camp. Not preseason, but in training camp. So maybe we just need to get in the red zone. No, that, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that's where they should shine. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I, I look for them to try to see what they can do over the middle of the field a little bit more. Challenge those quarterbacks. Hey, let's, let's you know, be a little bit more aggressive in some of this and, and see who can win in the middle of the field. So, yeah, uh, definitely a position to keep an eye on and – 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we got here moving forward. Hopefully, like I said, the McCoy loves his tight ends, always has. And last year, I think they had between Hunter Henry and and Gates. He, uh, yeah, Gates. I think, yeah, sorry, I had a brain fart there of who I was looking yeah. for. They had, I think, fifteen touchdowns between the two of them. That is, that would be incredible. <laughs> you know, you think of Trevor Simeon had eighteen touchdowns. Paxton Lynch had two touchdown passes this past year. So they had 20 touchdowns. That's three-fourths of their touchdowns right there that could be going to tight ends. Um, hopefully they're doing better than that this year. But, yeah, so that's a, a position we need to see step up on the offense. But moving on here, we have one other really big position group to kind of talk about, and it's it's one I, I'm very interested to kind of, I guess, hear what you have to say of, of maybe this one guy. Is he going to make it? And that is the running back position, and especially Jamal Charles. We have a second week in a row where he is not playing. We have him now missing a couple practices. I don't know, veterans rest, whatever you want to call it, I guess. But you have other guys really starting to step into to the position. D'Angelo Henderson, Hop Henderson. Oh, my goodness. He was yeah. amazing hype. this last week. The hype is real. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He, His ability to make guys miss in the open field, I haven't seen that out of a Bronco running back in a long time. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a Bronco running back just embarrass guys like that. So, yeah, he's he's real. You know, Stephen Ridley, he didn't have a great game, I wouldn't say. He didn't have he great did, blocking, though. Yeah, he didn't He didn't have that, and he didn't embarrass himself either. You know, he didn't go crazy, but he didn't all of a sudden have all these negative plays either. So Pause. He, he was a little bit embarrassing wearing that number four as a running back, though. <laughs> That's got to be embarrassing. That was like I, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like what yeah. the hell is going on? Yeah, and of course you have C.J. Anderson. You know he's making the team, and, uh, and then you know Booker when he comes back, he's going to make the team. They're not going to going to lose him. I mean, they were talking that he was at one time pushing Anderson for the starting role. So that leaves Charles. Of you know, I, I can't see them keeping five running backs and a fullback. You know, we we no. already know that Danovich is going to make this team. So. Do you think that Jamal Charles, if if they were cutting down the team today, would Jamal Charles be on this team? Let me see. You got C.J. Anderson. You got Henderson. You got Ridley. You got Charles, and you got Booker. I think Booker, will, maybe you can get away with him since he – can you put him on Pup? I don't even know about that one because he hasn't played in preseason. It was in OTAs, wasn't it? I can't remember. I, yeah, that would be something we'd have to look into. But I – So if you can, if you can – you know, get away with him on the pup and then bring him back, you know, week eight, because odds are one of the running backs is going to get dinged up. That's just the nature of the game. So that would be ideal. That way you could keep Ridley as the number two, CJ as the number one, uh, Jamal Charles as that third down type, and then Henderson as a just a wild card. That's what would be ideal. But that said, I he's going to have to show. Ridley's playing very well. And if he book doesn't look like his old self and he's he's going to practice this week. He's not going to play, but he is going to go in the, uh, the practices against the 49ers. So the coaches will get a little bit of an idea of what he has, you know, in action against another team. But I think if Ridley, you know, Ridley, the guys that I keep talking to at the team, they're so impressed by Ridley, how he's playing. He didn't look that great this week, but the second team offensive line, uh, especially the, the tackles, they did a good job. You know, Sam, Sam Brelo and Donald Stevenson weren't the worst actually with the, the pass blocking, but their run blocking, they got very little push. So Ridley's somebody I'm, I think he might get some first team reps this week. I heard about CJ Anderson. He reviewing film. He was not happy with himself. He missed several holes, which is something he kind of struggled with last year outside the Houston game. And 
Ridley did not miss as many. Granted, there were less holes. So we'll see. They might be pushing CJ. You know, Ridley is a shock to me. I did not think he would come back the same. You know, a lot of times those guys with that second, I think he had a second ACL injury, just did not look the same coming back off of that. So we'll see. It's very interesting. I'm also interested to see how the if the quarterbacks will get the running backs involved in the pass game at all. You know, the 49ers that we talked about, they have a pretty good linebacking core and they got a better, more talented, younger defensive line. So these running backs are going to have a, a a difficult challenge this week. You know, it's still the 49ers. They're not great. They did give up a lot of rushing yards last year. That is partially to do with their offense being horrible and always playing from behind. But it's a Sounds very familiar. interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> we have a great defense at least. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I mean, you got to be hyped up about D'Angelo Henderson. I almost want to go back. I already did a film article this week, which takes, you know, a while to do, as you know, because you have to review it and then find the art, find the right plays and then write them up and then make sure it's still an article. It's probably about three times as much work as a normal article, but I'm almost want to go back and do a D'Angelo Henderson one. Cause he was that fun to watch. He had two of his big plays brought back due to holding penalties. And I think he's going to excite again this week. He didn't fumble it. So that's, that's something we've been harping on about his, uh, him as a prospect is he did have some fumbling issues. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be here for it. I'm gonna call the Devonta Freeman hype. You know, that's oh, that's who he looked like. He was you got to get him involved in the run game. But he's got squat guy, and his number one comparison on mock draftable is Devonta Freeman in terms of his uh, height, weight, speed. So yeah, that will wrap up the uh, positions that Carl and I are looking at in terms of the position battle and roster bubble. Uh, not so concerned about the secondary or the linebackers. You know, there isn't really too much of a guys that stood out in that regard or ones that you know shocked us horribly wrong, but. Running back, wide receiver after the top two, edge rusher, and tight end. You know, there's still a lot of questions there. And we'll, of course, you know, quarterback battle. We'll save that for the end. But a lot of talent, and I'm excited to have depth, especially at running back. And with the guys playing well at edge rusher, without our top three edge rushers there and the best defensive player in football in Von Miller, I mean, John Elway, you know, you can say what you want about his eye for offensive talent, but he's been killing it on the defensive side. And this is just further proof of it. We got talent in spades in the defense. So... I'm excited for it, and I'm excited to see it this week. But now we're going to move on to the key matchups for this upcoming week. And we kind of hinted at it when going over the roster roster bubble stuff, but this is more of a breaking down areas that are going to be key battles for if the Broncos are going to you know win this week. It's not as important to win the preseason games, obviously. Just look at the Patriots losing to, losing to the Jags last week. Who cares? That's not going to happen in the regular season. But still, key matchups for in terms of how the first-team units go against the first team of the 49ers. The first one, obviously, I feel like we're going to do this probably every week. It's just how the offensive line, the Broncos offensive line matches up against the 49ers. 49ers defensive line is probably one of the best units on the team. They have three former high first-round selections. A third overall pick last year in Solomon Thomas, who was, I believe, finished as my second favorite player in the class. Just a very good interior pass rusher and a smart guy. Very strong. You know, he's not Aaron Donald, but he's almost like a Fletcher Cox type. He's going to get stronger, and I think he's going to be a great player. Eric Armstead, who's supposedly lost a decent amount of weight and is going to be playing more on the edge this year. And one of my favorite young defensive linemen, who I think is a budding young Calais Campbell and DeForest Buckner, 6'7", 310 pounds. And, I mean, his athleticism at his size is insane. You know, obviously, the interior defensive line guys, they're more complimentary compared to the edge rushers, which the they do have Elvis Dumerville, and they have Aaron Lynch, who had two sacks last week against the Chiefs. But overall, I think it's this interior defensive line that's going to be very a very difficult task for the Broncos' offensive line. So we'll, we will, uh, we'll see how that goes this week. Do you have any players or specific players you're looking at for that matchup? 
Well, obviously, the, the biggest position that we haven't figured out on this offensive line, left guard. I, I think we kind of know Watson's going to play at that right tackle position for better, for worse. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes for worse, for sure, like we saw this last week. But that left guard position, Garcia had moments of showing well and then had moments of just completely getting destroyed. Barber, you know, he had he did pretty good in pass protection. But run blocking, I just wasn't all that impressed. You know, he got pushed back, especially on that, I think it was third or fourth play, fourth, fourth and down, fourth and one. And, you know, you're kind of hoping, hey, this is going to be with all this extra beef that we've added, this is going to be a different team on those short yard situations. And we had two of them this last game, 0 for 2, you know. And, and yeah, that was our second team offensive line. But Barber's fighting for that that first team, and he was the one that got beat on one of those. So... You know, it just, I don't know. I was a little disappointed in him this last week and Garcia. So one of them needs to show that they want this position. Otherwise, I wouldn't be shocked if McGovern stepped into that spot. You know, he's been getting hyped up. He had a great first game. I mean, considering he was, you know, a guy that didn't play a single down last year and asked to step in there. And I thought he did a great job doing some tandem blocking. And I don't know. I just, I was very impressed with him. So Maybe he should get his name in the hat, too, with Paradis hopefully being back for the third preseason game. And, yeah, that, that, that's my big thing, that left guard spot. Who's going to really step up? I'll, I'll be watching that one very closely in this next one. Like you said, this is a great unit that they're going against. And if they can hold up, if they can get some push against these guys, it goes a long ways to feeling good about things. You know, I, I felt really good last week of just seeing our first team offensive line get some really good push in the run game. As much as, you know, Watson struggled in the pass game, he did pretty well in the run game. You know, he got some push for him. Leary, I think he's as advertised. You know, Garcia, yeah, he, he got some good push in the run game. And, of course, then Bowles. Man, <laughs> that pick is just looking better and better with each day that it goes by. As much as people, you know, curse the day that Elway took him, man, he has looked good. He got some some great leverage in the, in the pass game. And then, of course, in, in the run game, he pushed some guys around. And he didn't back down from anybody. I think he had a couple times where, you know, the whistle went off and he kept shoving people for another couple seconds. And, you know, the the old saying of play to the echo of the whistle, that's what we saw with Bulls. And so, yeah, I, I had some excitement with the first team and then some disappointment too. And second team unit, uh, they kind of looked like what we had last year. I, I love the the comment by Elway this week. Did you hear it? He uh, he said that he's very excited about the improvement of our offensive line. He said, I think our second team offensive line is better than our first team offensive line last year. I I can't disagree. I mean, they were they were getting a more push, that's for sure. I mean, you got Michael Schofield as the uh, the third string. So if that says anything, pushing him down that far from first to third, hopefully we have better depth there. I was going to say, I mean, our second team offensive line is about our starting unit last year anyway. Yeah. Other than Okung being gone. But (laughs) so he's not, yeah, he's not actually all that off from what he's saying there. It's not just hyperbole that he's trying to, trying to get there, but he, yeah. So like I said, they had a little bit of excitement for me and uh, just have to see if they can continue it, especially against a, I would say a better unit than what the, the bears have for sure. I think the bears have better edge rushers. You know, and they got Aaron Lynch and Doomerville and uh, who's their other edge rusher? Ahmed Brooks, who's more of a strong side stand-up edge. But 
overall their interior defensive line is one of the more talented ones. They're still really young, you know, they're going to have to grow, but overall as far as talent goes, very talented unit. So they're going to have their hand, hands full in that regard and hopefully they'll get some clarity at the left guard position. But you you stole my idea. I'm thinking I would love to see McGovern get some work at left guard. I mean, I love him at center, but he's strong. He moved well. He looked like he was in sync with Leary. And, you know, you plug Paradis in and move McGovern over to left guard, and you, you may have something. So hopefully I would love to see him just give it a chance when uh, Matt Paradis comes back. You know, probably won't happen, at least right away. They're going to give – I'm guessing they're going to give Barber and Garcia – sometime but if that left guard continues to struggle and parity is healthy at center we may see it at some point this season so mcgovern was a great draft pick and a fifth round pick but he killed at the combine and a weightlifting phenom and it that may be one of the one another one of the hits for the la and the offensive line so maybe we'll have to start changing that narrative one can hope <laughs> yeah if we get three starters out of draft picks that would be <laughs> That'd be huge. And like I said, it would change a lot of people's views, I think, on Elway and the offense a little bit. I mean, it still comes down to the quarterbacks because everybody's still, I mean. and As it should. Yeah, I agree. You know, every draft, every draft that you take a quarterback, if the quarterback hits, it's a great draft. Quarterback doesn't, it could be a pretty bad draft. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that. but yeah, if we could get three starters that came from the draft for this team. And I mean, that's, that's, that's great to see. It's good for the team. It's, it's good for, for the, the cap overall, you know, to have guys locked up for the next few years on some pretty cheap contracts. And so, yeah, here's to hoping that those guys work out and, and we see something great this week again. Yes, absolutely. Well, we were going to touch on the Broncos run game and uh, tight ends versus the 49ers linebackers, but we kind of already did that with our roster bubble talk. So we'll just I'll reiterate it here quickly. You know, the 49ers do have a solid linebacker core if if Bowman's healthy. Foster has been great at camp so far for them. He's had multiple interceptions, including pick six. So it's going to be important to see if the run game can uh, beat those linebackers if they are getting to the second level like they were last week. And if our tight ends and quarterback can get involved over the middle in the passing game, because that's something we did not see last week. So definitely something that you're going to want to watch this week to see, you know, help you decide what quarterback to go with and if the offense is, is improving. Uh, finally, the last key matchup that we want to talk about for the Broncos was the Broncos backups, the linemen slash front seven. I'm calling them backup because we're so injured versus the 49ers run game and offensive line. 49ers do have a solid offensive line that we've talked about. Uh, their tackles are solid and Staley and Brown, but they also have an okay interior. They got former Broncos, Zane Beatles, who's a solid mover, you know, never been an exceptional guard, but a solid starter. Uh, Kilgore, who's somebody I am not super familiar with at center. They've been kind of shuffling at center, and they don't really have an answer there. And a former first-round pick from last year, uh, Joshua Garnett at right guard, who's a hulking, earth-moving guard. So I, the offense, or the Broncos' defensive line is going to have some trouble this week, especially with the lack of depth they have. You know, Without Wolf and Crick, may potentially into the regular season, and without win the rest of the year, we've suffered some monumental losses in terms of the, in the run stuffing department. So the second string D line is going to have to step up and they, the second and third string defensive line struggled last week against the bears. Tariq Cohen and Cunningham were getting some very large run lanes and they were making us pay. So that was, that was partially due with the edge as well. You know, we didn't Walker was struggling somewhat to hold the edge in the run game, but the bears were running the ball pretty effectively once the second and third team got in and Trubisky was not getting pressured that much. So this, the second and third team unit, which might have to be some first-team unit, depending on the injuries. 
is uh, going to really have to step up this week if the Broncos are going to compete in this game because the 49ers don't have a great passing game. As much as I love their third-string quarterback, C.J. Beathard, okay? he had a great game actually last week, but again, third string. But that's it's going to come down probably to the ground game. And it's if we're going to see improvement this year, we're going to need better depth. And some of these guys are going to get a chance to shine, specifically Adam Gotsis. If you are a VIP of the Mile High Huddle, uh, part of scout.com, you have access to premium film, film breakdowns. And Carl has one coming up tomorrow on Cody Latimer. Uh, writer Colby Valdez had one today on Jamal Carter. And I had one come out yesterday on Adam Gotsis, who had a great game. He had very good length, uh, get off, played with good leverage, and he showed a swim move that I hadn't seen from him in the past. So he's he's learning, and he was strong and able to anchor better than he had in years past. So Gotsis is going to have to step up. Pecco is going to have to step up. Uh, Tyreek Jarrett's going to have to step up. Shelby Harris. And we also signed a defensive lineman, Nelson Adams, who was an undrafted free agent. Six foot three, uh, 287 pounds out of Mississippi State. Had 80 tackles, four sacks, and four pass breakups during his time playing for the Bulldogs. And was signed by the Steelers in May, but was cut last week. So, you know, he's going to get some reps. Uh, Soto. So those guys are going to have to step up, and they, they have an opportunity to shine. It's unfortunate about Wynn being out for the season. He was actually playing pretty well. I was surprised. He was handling double teams like a boss. I thought he was maybe even looking a little better than Pecco there was for a second. But young guys got to step up because the 49ers do not have a good passing game. So if they're going to compete in this game, they're going to have to run it. And Denver's defensive line is going to have to step up. Yeah, I I read your your Gotsis piece, and I would highly recommend anybody out there to to make sure to go check that out if you can and and get signed up. We have a great deal going on right now of a you get four months for the price of one for our premium and so i just want to want to plug that in there and i'm not just trying to do that just to to increase our you know the the website or thing like that but it's it's worth it because there's a lot of great pieces in there and we have a lot of great football minds that write for for mile high huddle and of course nick is one of those and you can definitely see his scout's eye of how he's (laughs) trying to look at a player and i i made that comment to him i said you can definitely tell this is you're a scout kind of guy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he does a great job just showing some of the, the things that he's really improved on, especially compared to years past and things he still needs to work on because he still didn't handle double teams as well as he would hope sometimes. And he just got to, he's got to show a better consistency to his game. And this is a great opportunity to to work on that. And, and yeah, the second and third team units last, last week, you know, the first team unit, I was blown. I was blown away by how well they did against the run. You know, Derek Wolf, he was doing Derek Wolf things. But you saw other guys doing a lot of the same things. You know, you saw Adam Gotsis get some push. You saw Jared Crick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was the guy that surprised me. You know, you always hear these guys that say, oh, yeah, gain some weight, gain some strength. And, you know, I'm just doing better than I've ever done before. And But he showed it. You know, he did well holding up against double teams. He did well holding his point of contact. He did well getting some penetration. And uh, so, yeah, I wish him well on his recovery. And as much as the Broncos have the injury bug, oh, thank you that it's not season-ending stuff. Except, I mean, of course, win. We were lost for the season. But Wolf and Crick, I don't know what we would have done if we lost both of them for the year. So, thankfully, they'll be back. But, yeah, this is a big opportunity for those other guys to show that they – you know, maybe when was maybe when had a roster spot that he was getting ready to wrap up. So that leaves a spot open. Who takes it? You know, does this leave Tyreek Jarrett where they're needing that second big time nose tackle? Does this open up the opportunity for him? And 
this will be a like I said, a great game for them to really prove themselves. And I'm the, the interior of the of the 49ers, it's other than Garnett, I don't think it's all that great. Beatles has kind of struggled ever since he left the Broncos. Kilgore, I'm kind of like with you, kind of going who? You know, yeah. so <laughs> so they have they have an opportunity to maybe win some battles there in the interior. And but they also have an op- the 49ers have an opportunity against our guys to get some push. So we'll just have to see who wins that battle. And then, of course, our our inside linebackers, they did decently last last week. But again, they need to step up a little bit more. We've been without Todd Davis. Thankfully, it sounds like he is getting healthy and will be ready for the season. And just have to see the other guys because I, I wasn't very impressed by, especially Zaire Anderson. Yeah, you know, he know, struggled. I know you're you're a big fan of his, and and I, I've I've seen the the ability in him too. But I just wonder, is he the same player since his concussion? He might not be. He might not yeah, be. That's that happens. Corey Nelson yeah. didn't impress me that much either, as a, especially a run stuffer. You know, they talk about him being a good pass defending linebacker, which you need. But I mean, Jamal Carter was playing that pass defending linebacker role. So we'll see. Corey Nelson is, he's not, you know, in danger of losing, losing his spot. That's inside linebacker. Don't love our depth there. It's definitely one of our bigger weaknesses right now of, I'd say even quality starters. I mean, Brandon Marshall, of course, is a quality starter. Todd Davis has been very up and down. He has some games that he looks pretty good. And then other games, he just really falls apart and he's not great in coverage. And yeah, then our backup guys, Zaire Anderson, Corey Nelson, neither of them looked all that great last week, and and both are more backup quality kind of guys. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That, that's a position that can definitely be upgraded. And it might be a position that they look for on cut down day, see if they have somebody that they like. I don't know. We'll have to have to see on that. But yeah, that'll be a great battle, great opportunity for the Broncos to show the hopefully the depth that they have on the defensive line. And hopefully contain that run game that the, the 49ers I'm sure are going to try to establish. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have gone long because Carl and I are windbags and like to talk forever, but we got to talk about the most important thing here. And that is the quarterback battle. And it, hopefully you're still with us, but this is going to be a big week for, I'm going to call him your boy. Cause he is your boy. You're not, you're not backing down your boy, Paxton Lynch going with the first team, but I, I doubled down on my bet. Yeah, you doubled down. You said you're off in meals. Buying drinks for, for Nick and his girlfriend if Paxton Lynch is not the starter week one. So, John Elway, if you're listening, start Paxton Lynch so I don't lose this bet and have to buy all these drinks. <laughs> Beyond that, yes, this is, a, this is a really big week for him. Some would say he's already lost the battle. He might have. He, <sighs> he, did, not, have. he did not look good in that game. No, he – although, I, here, this is, this is what I – I went back and watched because I had to watch for Cody Latimer. So I went back and watched Paxton Lynch. He, he started out the game one for four, not good. He was overthrowing footballs. He was not looking comfortable in the pocket, but once they came out in the second half, he kind of calmed down. He went five for six and a lot of his throws were pretty accurate. They were, there was one that was a little bit ahead of, of Cody Latimer that he kind of had to reach out and make a tough grab. But beyond that, they were actually on target on time. You know, he looked a little bit better. And, and he had his best drive. You know, he played only two drives in the second half. And he had the one where it kind of stalled out there a little bit past midfield where they weren't able to pick up the fourth and one. So I, I kind of wonder if, you know, if, if you're looking at the full picture of what happened, yeah, he didn't look great. If you're looking at maybe, maybe he calmed down there in the second half a little bit, 
maybe you think a little bit better of, of how he played. So I guess just depending on how you want to look at it with him, I, I'm trying to, I, I'm keeping the full picture just cause yeah, he, you can't look past how he didn't pick up a first down for the first two drives that he was in. You can't look past how much he overthrew his wide receivers. You can't look past the fact that he would take his one read, wouldn't like it. And you'd see that he'd get happy feet. You know, he'd almost be just almost like what Tim Tebow used to be of, of one read and then look to run. And I, I don't like that look because Paxson's better than that. You know, he, he's a quarterback that can throw. He was very accurate in college. You know, people kind of forget about that. He was actually a pretty accurate college football player. So he's got to, he's got to show better patience. He's got to show better ability to handle staying in the pocket with guys flying around him and, and go through his reads. You know, that's his big thing. If his first target is open, he is a highly accurate football player. He can make the throw. He can hit guys on in stride, all those kind of things. His issue has always been when he has to reset his feet to make a throw, it doesn't go well. You know, he, he's just, he loses all of his accuracy and, and that that's tough to see. And he's just, he's got to go out there and, and you have a note here that says, be a quarterback, not a running back. And that's, that's so true of him. You know, I, I love that he can run, but that shouldn't be his second option. That shouldn't be his, you know, read my one guy and then I'm going to take off running. That's not going to get you very far in the NFL. Not at all. No, not at all. And so he, yeah, he's got to prove so much this week and it might be too monumental for him to, to overcome, but I'm sticking with my guy just because I, the, the upside, I think if you get him a couple of games where you can really get him in game situations and just get him comfortable a little bit. And I, I think he can maybe start to see some things click, but I, I just, I don't know right now. It just seems like his, his confidence is gone, you know, earlier in OTAs and, and early in training camp, we were hearing about him just making all these big time throws and, just seemed like he had like two or three bad days in a row and he just never got out of it. And so, yeah, I don't know. This will be such a big week for him. Bigger than probably for Simeon. You know, Simeon, he could probably go out there and and do exactly what he did against the Bears. And he's not going to lose the battle. You know, that's it's up to Paxton have to go out there and make some wow plays that make the coaches really have to go back and talk and say, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just take the chance with this guy. Let him go out there and make some plays for us. Uh, that that's kind of where I'm at. He's he's really got to wow people. It's not he can't just go out there and go seven of ten for seventy yards and maybe one touchdown. It's got to be seven of ten for 150 yards, two touchdowns, and really moving the offense. I think I I, I hate to say that, but that's kind of where it is right now. Yeah, for me, Paxton just he looked like a guy who had no confidence in what he was seeing. And if his first read wasn't there, he panicked, pulled the ball down, and looked to escape the pocket and run. And that's not something you want to see from your quarterback. You know, they have to be able to stand tall, go through their progressions, and deliver a strike, even if a guy's barreling in on them. And I don't even think he was getting hit that much. I mean, he was having a pretty decent pocket. But once the once the first read wasn't there, he kind of the wheels started grinding and just did not know where to go with the ball. And you did say that he came out in the second half and looked better but I feel like they almost went to more of a, a college-style system in that second half. You know, Almost all of his snaps were out of the shotgun, and they were first-read throws to slants to Cody Latimer, essentially. And that's, you know, you're not going to be able to get, get away with doing that play after play in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. 
they're going to be more aggressive. They're going to adjust. And so he needs to show NFL style throws, you know, throw some out routes, throw some crossing patterns, throw a post. Uh, so that he's going to have to do that. And 49ers do not have the best defense. So he's going to have a chance to do that. And like you mentioned, my, my big note, it's all caps, be a quarterback, not a running back. He looks to what I look for when I want a quarterback. I love a quarterback with athleticism, but he needs to use that athleticism to buy time to still be a thrower. That's what the best quarterbacks do. They don't just tuck and run. What they do is they escape, uh, manipulate the pocket. And then if that doesn't work, escape and then reset, reset their feet and their shoulders. So that way they can deliver a strike on a broken play or uh, just farther down the field after they've bought time. And that's not something he's doing right now. So he's not utilizing his athleticism as a quarterback. For me, Simeon just has to do more of the same. Um, I would like to see some more tests down the field this week. You know, like his one, one versus one versus Emmanuel Sanders or four Emmanuel Sanders down the left sideline was great. And he should be trying to do that more with Demarius Thomas. You know, we need some big strikes. And I'd also like to see him work to the tight ends and the running backs as well, just because he's hasn't done that as well. Last season, he didn't do it at all this week. Granted, seven passes, six for seven. Uh, can't ask for too much more from him, especially with the lack of consistency the offense had with these, all the penalties going back and forth. Uh, finally, I would like to see him manipulate the pocket a little better and help his O-line out. Last year, Simeon had a tendency to drop way too far back in his steps and really surrender the edge for the edge rushers, not help his offensive tackles out as at all. And I saw a few times where he stepped up and manipulated the pocket in that regard, but he needs to continue to do that. You know, It's not always going to be a clean pocket. He's going to have to use his feet to move around to get different angles, throw off a different platform, and just help out his offensive line. So want to see more of that need to execute drives. They need to sustain them, not by penalties. And I want to see them finish drives. You know, so much of the issues last year was that the Broncos would go down the field and they'd stall at the 30 and have to kick a field goal. And we saw that with Simeon this week. Granted, it was a, I kind of want to almost throw that drive out just because of the penalties, you know, even all the positives. I think we got like 50 yards from bears penalties, but then we had penalties that drove them back. So that kind of ruined all the rhythm. Granted, that's kind of typical of preseason football, all the flags, but still don't want to see that. And I want to see them not be afraid to make magic. You know, it is preseason. Go out there and take some chances. You know, the outcome of the game doesn't really matter. So go find out what you can do. Use your legs. Throw the ball downfield. Let your playmakers go get a play. Uh, let your playmakers go make a play. And just go play football. So this now that we are down to potentially the last game of the quarterback battle, are you sticking with it? You really think you think Paxton is going to get it, or is that your heart talking? Oh, it's my heart talking the whole way. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can admit that. I, I'll be honest about that. But I just, there's something. I just feel like when he is really backed into a corner, I think he can go do something. You know, I, I've, I've gone back and I've watched that, especially that game against Ole Miss, where, you know, the biggest win of his career, for sure. You know, the, the, the game that got his name on the radar. And his team was down 14 points. And everybody was just kind of like, well, this is how this game's going to go. They're going to get blown out. And next thing you know, he's just making these throws out of nowhere. And he's just hitting guys in stride. He's, he's getting guys where they can go make some plays, run down the field, make, you know, turn a 10-yard pass into a 50-yard pass. And I just, I was blown away. And that's what reminded me of why I like this guy. You know, that he just, he doesn't back down from a situation. And, and I hope that's still who he is. Uh, you know, that, that's the big question is, you know, has his confidence just gone down that much that maybe he just can't reach that point right now. And, but I don't know, like I said, I'm, I'm still going with my heart. I'm still thinking he's going to do enough to really make the coaches go, you know what, let's just do this. 
we, we know with Simeon that we're not a playoff team. I mean, I never say never. I, never I know. Say I'm, never. Not, I'm not saying never say never because we have a great defense. We do. And they can go make some Anthony plays. We have, we have what I think will be an improved run game. I think we have an improved offensive line. So, you know, even if Simeon played like he did last year, maybe we could sneak in there as a wild card. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm just – I'm wanting to go see what this guy is. And I would hate to go into to next year. I had somebody ask the question of – you know, say Simeon wins it this year. Are we asking these exact same questions next year? Are we still having a quarterback battle? Are we still wondering what Paxton Lynch is? Are we still, are, are we going to have to go to the draft? You know, like, do we even want to go to the draft and take that, that, that quarterback? We're going to talk about that later this week of tune in later this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's, that's a huge question of, <laughs> are we gonna have to draft a new quarterback? And, and this is going to be a great quarterback draft is what it's shaping up to be. So do you want to miss out on that because you're just hoping that Paxton Lynch maybe could develop? I don't know. So Probably I, I, I want to, I want to see what he can become. And, and I think, I think that's why this quarterback battle hasn't been called yet because the coaches are in that same, that same build. They, they see the talent. I mean, every day at practice, it's almost every single day he has made the, the throw of the day. So the talent is there. They know that. They just can't see the consistency, and that's why they can't give it to him, but yet why they can't take it away from him either. You know, Simeon, he's done his Simeon thing of go make the safe throw, don't make the huge mistake, and don't lose this battle. And they pretty much said, Paxton, go take this, and he just hasn't done it. And that's that saddens me because it hurts the Broncos big time not to have that dynamic quarterback. But I don't know. So, yeah, I, I still keep thinking – at one point, he's just going to have that day where everything just clicks and he's just going to wow people. And it, it's got to be this week if he's going to do it. It's got to be. It's now or never. Sink or swim. So it's too early to give up on him. We always knew he'd be a project. But for me, worst case scenario, the team finishes around 8 and 8, 7 and 9. Keeps Simeon in there for a long time because you know we're floating around that uh, contention area and we still don't know what Paxton is while having a middling pick and wasting another year of this defense. That's worst case scenario for me. So we'll, we will see what happens. I'm not, I think Simeon can improve, you know, he's a smart quarterback. He has the necessary arm strength to push the ball when he needs to, but he needs to do a better job coming off that first read. You know, we'll, we'll break down the quarterbacks. We're going to be talking a lot about them this week uh, with the upcoming episode for the roster breakdown. But Overall, I'm excited to see both of them this week, and I'm hoping both succeed because I think they can because the 49ers' defense sucks. <laughs> so, all right. Well, now on to our last segment of the preview episode. Uh, We're going to be our player to watch this week, our highlighted player. And for me, after reading Colby Valdez's piece, the VIP piece, yeah, which I recommend everybody to go check out, uh, Jamal Carter, undrafted free agent, Safety from the University of Miami. And man, that dude was all over the effing field this week. I was I was shocked. I can say effing. This is a family podcast, but that won't get me the the censors won't get me for that. But <laughs> wow, what an effing talent. He compared him to uh Deion Buchanan of the Arizona Cardinals, and I can't say I disagree. Six foot one, uh, I believe around two hundred and ten pounds, and played with his hair on fire. I mean, he just looks different. He looks like a developed pro. And just an athletic freak, you know, worst case scenario, he's going to get on the field more as a a special teams guy because he is big height, weight, speed kind of guy. And he had some raw mental processing ability. You know, sometimes he takes poor angles and it'll be a little flat footed, especially in coverage, but him coming downhill and playing that, you know, that safety in the box type, 
so much fun. And I think he's going to get more work this week. I can't imagine TJ Ward playing at all. If he does, it's going to be a very small role. I don't think he's playing though. And Jamal is going to get some more work and he looked like a toy that Joe Woods is going to have a lot of fun using in different ways. And I'm excited to see him in another week. That's a, that's a great pick. Mine is Benny Fowler. You know, Latimer, he kind of kind of threw it down this last week and said, this, this number three wide receiver spot is mine. And so I want to see how Fowler responds. You know, he, he's always kind of been that more quiet player, like does his job, does it pretty well, but not anything special. So, you know, this is a, a big game for him too, to, to be able to, you know, this is the difference between maybe playing 30% of the snaps on offense to two or 3% of the snaps you know, depending on injury, obviously, but yeah, he, he's the guy that he, he got hyped up this off season. DT was talking about him where they did this big diet together to lose some weight, to get a little bit faster, get a little bit quicker and to stay a little bit healthier. You know, coaches were hyping him up saying, yep, he's the number three right now, all that kind of stuff. You know, he hasn't done anything to lose the job and, and just nothing in that first game. You know, I, I think he got thrown at once on that overthrow by Paxson and that, that was it, you know, and I watched him on a few plays where I tried to see, Hey, is, is it just because they're looking at Latimer and Fowler's getting open on the other side? And I didn't see him getting open. I didn't see him doing anything that made me go, wow, this guy, he's going to do something. So like I said, this is a big week for him really show that he's still in this battle for that number three wide receiver spot. And, and I think, I really do think the coaches want him to take it. You know, you, you and I talked that we've talked to some people connected to the team that they are worried about Latimer being that number three wide receiver. They are worried that they have seen this, this whole thing play out before of him looking good come season, nothing. And so they were hoping somebody else would step up. Will that be Fowler? I don't know. We'll find out. Well, that will wrap up our first solo episode of the preview podcast for the huddle up podcast. Thank you for your tuning in through our deep dives throughout this. And hopefully you enjoyed our preview episode, even though we ran a little longer than we wanted. Sorry to our editor, Chad, for that. You're the real MVP here. Uh, Preseason is here, so make sure you keep listening for our preview and post-view episodes of all preseason games. Bronco fans, make sure you keep checking back on Mile High Huddle for all your updates on camp battles and all other Bronco news. You can find Carl on Twitter at CarlDumblerMHH and myself on Twitter at NickKendallMHH, as well as find our Denver Bronco articles and content on Mile High Huddle and affiliate of Scout.com and the CBS Sports Digital Network. Check out all of our VIP pieces that have been released this week as well. Film articles. You know, we're scout guys, so we really like to break down film. And what better way to do that with than GIFs with written uh, details about how the play went down and why it went down the way it did. Uh, also, Goatsis, oh, Latimer, Carter, great plays. Also, if there's any player that you would like us to break down, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We love to do that. And I was thinking about doing a D'Angelo Henderson one, but just didn't have the time with two podcasts, a full-time gig, uh, practicing my violin, you know, all that fun stuff. So we love to do it. And if you guys have anything for us, reach out for us, reach out to us. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, Spreaker, CastBox, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us. For Carl Dummler, I'm Nick Kendall. Wrapping up our first solo episode of the Broncos preview episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed and we will see you next week. I guess later this week for the final episode of the Roster Deep Dive with special guest Eric Trickle, who just brought a child in the world.
crazy. You guys are both dads. I need to, I, I do not need to get on it. I'm doing good right now. Let's stop that. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> you got your cat. I got my cat. That's good for me. Got my cat. That's good. Cat in school and plenty of football. So that's it for now. And as always, go Broncos. Mile high huddle.